Hello there. Welcome back to another episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Eli. I'm Jacob. And this is episode, this is a crazy number, 49 of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Um, we're, we're coming up on 50, and I would encourage, I'm going to put another notice out there on Twitter. Um, send us stuff, emails, and trivia, and six degrees, and questions and all of that stuff we want to do as much as that as we can on our 50th episode um yeah but today we have our 49th episode um and we're cruising along in season three and two a little bit because chronology um of star wars the clone wars um we are going to be reviewing the episodes uh heroes on both sides pursuit of peace and senate murders before we do that, though, um, it's been a while since new viewable Star Wars content has come out, but we've gotten not one, but two this week. Um, before, uh, before we get into those, I'd just like to quickly say, uh, very happy May the 4th be with you. We hope everyone had a great Star Wars day. Um, we hope everyone enjoyed the 70 minutes of Star Wars content we got on Star Wars Day, which was... It's just mind-blowing to me that we got a 70-minute premiere episode on Star Wars Day. That's, that's awesome. Um, Jacob has seen, um, Aftermath, um, but not Cut and Run yet. I've seen both, so Jacob and I will do a quick review of Aftermath, the first episode of The Bad Batch, and then I'll do a quick review of Cut and Run. Um, go ahead, uh, you want, you want to start your, with your thoughts on Aftermath very quickly? Yeah, man, Aftermath. Um, I, I was mixed on this episode. I, I, I definitely... Definitely not as hyped as as some other people are getting, but uh, but nevertheless, I I really liked um. Yeah, I I thought yeah I liked aftermath um, the I thought the beginning was the best part of the episode. You know that Order sixty six scene um with with Kanan and everything was just um the man I was I was not ready for that all I will yeah I was not ready for that all to that um definitely a pretty hard hitting moment. I just love the way it was so unexpected, you know, just the commander dips out of the frame for a couple of seconds. You see the hologram and then boom, it is on, or I, I guess rather it's over for a uh, type but it's on for Kanan because he's going to run away. Besides that, um, you know, pretty good. Um, pretty, pre- I thought it was pretty predictable what happened with Crosshair, you know, you know, from the very beginning with, with Kanan, he was kind of, he was kind of moving away from the others in terms of what he wanted to do. Uh, with that being said, though, I, I didn't think that was too much of a detriment to the episode. And I guess we have to talk about Omega. Um, a lot of people really love Omega. Um, I don't. I'm. I don't really love her, but I don't hate her either. I. I think um, she's a bit confusing to me. Why? You know why? Why is she there? Um, I think that I guess it is a bit of a purposeful mystery. But it is still something that that was kind of a head scratcher when I was watching it. But maybe that's the point. Um, I was a little bit afraid that uh, she she might be too much of a a baby Yoda and just be baby Yoda 2.0, and that's what I don't want to have happen. You know, with like oh, this small person, small child, uh, very precious. Uh, the big tough men who don't want to show emotions have to learn to take care of this child and they are acting tough, even though they secretly want to, you know, 
so hopefully um it, it isn't too much of a, a copy of that but i don't i don't really think that that's going to be an issue um so yeah i'm yeah i i'd say it's a pretty solid start and i am excited to see where the series is going to go from there i don't see a ton of upside at the moment but you know i'm, I'm definitely looking forward to uh to see what's going to happen next for sure how about you eli while my thoughts probably skew a little bit more positively than yours, not much, honestly. Um, I was a little bit confused by people saying that this episode was the second coming of Anakin Skywalker. It really, it was good. I thought it was good. Yeah. I thought that, I like, people are complaining about the whole Kanan sequence because it lightly retcons the um, Kanan comic, which I think is just such a non-issue that I think it's yeah. kind of silly. Um, in my opinion, at least, of course, people are allowed to have their own opinions. Um, I think that, you know, yeah, one of my biggest problems with the first episode was honestly that it was just felt like it was becoming too similar to the Mandalorian. Um, and a little bit to Rebels, honestly. Um, and I'm like, oh, they're gonna, they're gonna, like, towards the end of the episode, I'm like, oh, they're gonna get on that ship and fly away um just in the nick of time right and then that's what they did and then i'm like oh they're gonna jump into hyper hyperspace with some vague idea of where we're going and we're gonna do a whole mandalorian thing right and then they yeah. jumped into hyperspace i'm like with some okay. vague idea of i know I'm it like, was quite okay, predictable that's fine that's that's cool um i will say um i'm not going to spoil anything from the second episode i will say i think the predictability of the episodes from here on out will decrease significantly i i hope so i i i think after i think from episode three and on i think the predictability will go down um yeah i'm one of those people who absolutely loves omega i think she is adorable um and i and like i i'm like going in i'm like okay what's this deal with this omega girl and then i saw her for an episode i'm like okay i'm going i i will do anything to protect this this young girl um <laughs> i will i will do anything um yeah she's incredible um and yeah i knew due to leaks and stuff that crosshair was gonna turn unfortunately um i did like how they did it though i thought um i thought the amplification of the inhibitor chip was a really interesting idea so now that jacob's gone let me talk about uh cut and run which is honestly which is honestly beautiful. To be completely honest with you, Cut and Run was, was incredible. Um, it was a little bit predictable, sure. Yeah, but we got to see Cut Laquane again, and like nothing's going to top the dessert for me. But getting to see Cut and Sue and Shea and Jack are, was just like so incredible to me. Um, Omega's seeing dirt for the first time, reacting like Ray did. I never knew there was this much green in the entire galaxy. Was magical. Um, this whole idea of chain codes connecting a little bit with Mando is really cool. Um, and I love that we had like the first two episodes of Mando in the first one, and then we had the second two, the the third and fourth in the second one, so that we can really speed along and get to some actual adventures that the bad batch is having with omega deciding to keep her after all which is just so sweet really I'm, i just love this episode and i'm excited for more
Heroes on both sides. This is a very interesting episode. So in the beginning of the episode, we start off a classic, big, rowdy Senate debate. You know, lots of senators uh, going at it. Um, they, 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 some of these senators really want to pass a bill that will deregulate the banks so that they can get more, uh, get more clone troopers and try and win the war. Um, now, Padme is uh, strongly debating against this, and she's one of the main opponents of the bill so uh we cut to uh some of these senators along with a banking clan official plotting to assassinate padme um however padme anakin and ahsoka um are are having a discussion as well and they get into a little bit or i guess padme and anakin get into a little bit of a spat and uh anakin sends ahsoka to learn about politics with padme so they decide to try and end the war, they're going to secretly travel to Raxus, the uh, separatist, the planet where the separatist government is headquartered, to meet with Mina, or maybe it's, is it Raxus? It's Raxus. Yes, Raxus. Okay. Raxus Prime. Okay. They go to Raxus Prime. They want to meet with uh, Padme's old friend, the separatist senator, Mina Bonteri. Uh, Ahsoka uh, also meets Lux Bonteri for the first time. And eventually, uh, Mina and Padme decide that they are both going to introduce motions in their respective legislative bodies to try to open negotiations, stew for peace, and end the war. However, um, uh, when they vote on when they return to chorus, when Padme returns to Coruscant and and convenes a vote on the motion, um, uh, General Grievous. Uh, who has sent uh, clean uh, bomb droids disguised as cleaning droids to Coruscant, commands those droids to uh, knock out the power to the Senate building and a bunch of Coruscant by blowing up a reactor. Um, obviously, this scares a lot of senators. They get super pissed off, and then they decide, you know what? We're not having it. We are, uh, we're not suing for peace. And then they pass the bill. And that is, uh, that is that. It's a very good episode. Yeah, a absolutely. lot to get into. Okay. Um, here we go. Um, our fortune cookie is fear is a great motivator. Hmm. You want to share your thoughts first, or should I? Here's what I'm noticing now because um, I watched um Heroes on Both Sides in a session, and then I watched uh Pursuit of Peace and um. Uh, Senate murders another session that I just realized heroes on both sides and um, pursuit of peace pursuit of peace both have the idea of fear and their fortune cookies and pursuit of peace and Senate murders both have the idea of truth so it's clear to me that truth and fear those two concepts and how they play back and forth with each other are going to be the two main motivating thematic forces in this this arc. Um, yeah, I didn't really like... Uh, of the many thematic ideas in this episode, I don't really think one of them is the fortune cookie. Like, you know. I, I think this is a, an episode which is better than its fortune cookie, which we've seen a lot. Um, I wasn't really thrilled with this fortune cookie, but that's fine, you know. Yeah, I mean, 
I thought it was a bit of it's true, and it does definitely apply to this episode in terms of uh, the the senators. Um, you know, they're motivated to keep the war going for, through fear of the separatists, fear of attack. That's why they keep legislating for more money and, and more troops more and to funnel more money towards the war. But I think they really could have picked something better for this episode. Like maybe maybe fear divides people, hope unites them or something along those lines. So, yeah, I really just thought it was a, a missed opportunity and they could have picked they, they could have put together a much, uh, much cooler fortune cookie. Um, but I think that it is definitely applicable here. Nonetheless, you know, the separatists in the Republic, they're very, very afraid of one another. Um, that motivates them to keep fighting. Uh, Lux is kind of hateful and afraid of the Jedi. Um, and Ahsoka sees that all at the beginning, she kind of thinks all the separatists are evil. And, that, and that's because of a uh, fear. And also, I think it's also a little bit, of Palpatine's fear of, of losing power that motivates him to, to do uh, the, the awful things that he does. So the, the idea is um, that they want to deregulate the banks. And I want to get into this idea of, of bank deregulation, which is basically just all these restrictions we set up on banks, yeah, they're all just going away. Which, you know, the idea of, the idea of, of, of bank deregulation for me symbolizes how, how far gone the Republic is already. The idea that they're even like, I, yes, they're in a war, but like, that they're considering just giving all of this power, this corporate power, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, they're basically just giving up, they're giving up a lot of oversight. Yeah, which seems like not great. It's an honestly. it's an interesting decision to say the least. It's a yeah. I won't get I don't want to get too into it because um, it's sort of political. But I, it, from my point of view, it's a questionable decision. Radio. And and <laughs> from my point of view, the jet. What the hell you are? Sorry, I'm just I promise I won't get all political. Two drinks later, Anakin, the, oh, my allegiance is to the Republic. The democracy. Oh, I thought you were gonna go with um. I love democracy. I love the republic. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty funny because uh, Palpatine. Palpatine had his hands all over this episode. Uh, oh yeah. No. no but sure. yeah, I think it's pretty funny also, and I think it's definitely, definitely on purpose that um they wrote this episode to have the two people that were front and center arguing for the bill be a Nemoidian who is presumably associated with the trade federation and a Kaminoan whose government presumably stands to make billions of credits or whatever the Kaminoan monetary unit is. If this bill is passed, which would, um, like it's Hallie, it's Hallie, right? Or Senator Hallie, Hallie Bertoni in this episode. Doesn't, I'm pretty sure Hallie Bertoni says something like, uh, I moved for 5 million new clone troopers or something like yep. that is, Oh my gosh. Like they only had a million well on the way in attack of the clones. That that's so much money that's getting funneled that's to them. Getting where exactly the Kaminoans. Yeah. So I there's think a, it's, there's a line in Senate words, which we'll get to later, which, um, which Bale uh, accuses Bertoni of, uh because you're our main like uh 
infantry source in the war, you managed to barter your way into a Senate seat, which yeah. was so telling for me. Um, yeah, I, I think that just shows kind of the the corruption and the, the opportunism also. You know, just kind of saying, let's grab as much power you know, as, as we can. You know, here's something I'm interested in. Um, these cries of like the whole more war, you know, those cries, the cries of more war, they remind me of something. I can't exactly put my finger on it. I don't know what it is. These arms dealers make all their fortunes selling to the bad guys. And the good. Yep. So machine partner. Good guys. Bad guys. They're all the same. Live all free. Same. Don't join. <laughs> yeah, I Wait. mean... It, it, it's you know it and there's a, there is a literal line i wrote down that legislation would have meant billions for us yeah yeah that like it, they literally they can't make it i mean this episode does kind of hit the nail on a head in a couple places but overall i think they're definitely they're definitely saying hey hey check this out check this out huh check this out look at this yeah. corruption huh you see this corruption yeah. Like that was definitely the vibe I was, I, w I was getting from this. And then we have, of course, uh, after the opening debate, you know, yet another plot to assassinate Padme. Um, I think one of the lines in there also that I really like was, um, uh, oh gosh, it was the Nemoidian senator. I, I can't remember exactly. Is it Lot Dodd or is it someone it's else? Probably Lot Dodd. Yeah, it might be. Let's just say it's Lot Dodd. Um, yeah. Someone says a. Uh, Oh no! Yeah, Lot Todd says, "Uh, the trade fed we we are the trade federation. We're about business, not violence. But in, in this, this case, case our, our business, business is violence. violence. Yeah. Yikes, that was just the best. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, that was the best line to me. I I oh, I found that just that was hilarious. I was tickled pink by that. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, I also love this one too. Um. The, the an argument that Padme plays to in all three of these episodes, but starts in this one is forget fiscal responsibility. Talk about moral responsibility. I'm like Padme, if you're talking to an immoral Senate, talking yeah, like, about moral responsibility will get you absolutely nowhere. Yeah, she's such an idealist, but I think what she's playing to is that there are kind of three groups of senators. There are senators like Bail Organa and, and Padme and Anaconda Far, who are really genuinely trying to do the good, the right thing. And then there are other senators. Um, I can't think of any named characters that would be like this, but presumably there are a lot of senators who are quite corrupt or who are very corrupt, do have a lot of corporate interests, are a little bit detached from their people, but who still think that they're doing the right thing. Like, um, who's, who's the senator? From a uh, Ryloth, Orn Freetag. Yeah, like Orn Freetag. No, that's you know, or not Orn is the third group. No, no, no. He's. I mean, the, like the way he talks, I feel like he thinks he's trying to do the right thing. Well, Orn Freetag or not, you know, there's that group, and then there's the third group, which is like Holly Bertoni, where they're just totally off the chain, super corrupt, and they know it, and they don't care, and they're going to do whatever they can to circumvent democracy. I think Padme is really. Obviously, the first group is very small, as we can see, but I think I think Padme is really trying to cater to the second group here, and and I that's mean, I think. 
and I don't know how many systems That's where are the in the galaxy, and I don't know how many systems are on the galaxy that have a Senate representation, but I, I think Padme's group is small. I don't think it's tiny, because yeah. there's one, there's one, there's one plot point that makes me think it's not tiny. Um, uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? The delegation of two thousand. Mm, yeah, the delegation of two thousand. But again, yeah, I don't want to. I don't think. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's safe to assume, even that all two thousand or even the majority are necessarily so not corrupt and kind of pure as uh, Bale and and Padme yeah. and also look how are made out to be. Like maybe they're all. Maybe some of them are group two. Big the Senate is. Even if all two thousand are like that, probably means there's like you know hundreds of thousands of. So then again, they're talking about getting six votes, and then I'm like, wait, really? You're counting? Um. Anyway. Yeah. I mean. Uh. Either way. Um. Yeah. Here's another thing. Um. I forget who says this one. Um. Uh, they're talking about perhaps if we were to open diplomacy um, to the separatists, you can't negotiate with those animals. I love that. Yeah, I love that I think, so much. Yeah, it just it really shows. Um, I think it, I think it really. Yeah, I, I think that just really shows how entrenched everyone else in their beliefs, and again, how how fearful they are. You know, they see each other. You know the separate as we will find out. You know the separatists see the separatists see the um the republic as barbaric. The republic sees the separatists as as bar. They both yeah they both see each other as barbaric and evil. You know, so yeah. I think it's no wonder that we we have people who are just like no, of course we're not going to negotiate. Like they and by the way, because the assumption is that they're only going to respond to violence. Let's point out something: the republic thinks the the separatists are barbaric, and they're right. The separatists believe the republic is barbaric and they're and right they're right that's the yeah. thing and and we'll touch on that later but there are some pretty funny moments where we get like maybe like may, maybe it's heroes on both sides and 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 maybe it's some not so nice people on on both sides too maybe there's some not so nice things yeah absolutely um that, that are being done uh let's talk about um another thing that lot dodd says Senator Amidala is the problem. She is the problem, man. She's the problem for all these bad guys. Oh my gosh. She is, but like, do I recall, I, I specifically remember in the sequence that Bail Organa speaks up um, against the corrupt forces like twice as much as Senator Amidala is. I mean, Senator Amidala is certainly a problem, but Lot Dodd's obsessed. They're all obsessed, though. Like, after what happened on Naboo... I think they've, they've got a reason to be obsessed, you know? They, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would say they, uh, they've definitely taken a few humiliated lo- humiliating losses at her uh, hands before, so I don't, I, don't entirely, I don't entirely blame them for being a little bit fixated. No, yeah. Um... Yeah, anyway, uh, they also mentioned that Coruscant has not been attacked in over a thousand years. So now I want to see the last time Coruscant's been attacked, please. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that would have been that's during a, the, that's uh, a the Darth Plus Bane era. Right there. That's, yeah. that's a Disney Plus limited series. They gotta right do something with that, man. They gotta, gotta do be. something. 
they gotta they gotta um, like adapt Darth Bane to canon. That would be man yeah. if if we got. I mean, we already know that Darth Bane just as a as a figure is canon, but we don't really know much details. If if other um, than Hamill Bane, which is good, but is one episode. Yeah, um, that that's one episode. But I mean, yeah. Hamill Bane's Hamill Bane's awesome. Yeah, Hamill so, incredible. If we get Mark Hamill regularly voicing Bane, like <laughs> that would be hilarious. Bane. He voices one of the one of the gr- greatest heroes and one of the greatest villains of of the Star Wars continuum. I would it's love ironic. that. There's, uh, you know, this is a rough paraphrasing I wrote down in my notes of what happened. Um, Anakin, help me convince the Council to convince Palpatine to choose peace over war. That's not my role, Padme. Yeah, I also, mean, Anakin, do you hear yourself? I was there one movie ago when Mace Windu calmly told Palpatine, "We are keepers of the peace, not soldiers." But I, th- I think, yeah, I think it's interesting that he's so invested politically in um in in maintaining the war, wanting to crush the separatists and victory or like all or nothing, victory or death. My my point is, it's interesting that he it's almost seems to be more about the conflict and it shows how the Jedi have stopped being peacekeepers because he's, he's interested in, uh, he's really interested in the Republic maintaining the war and he, in that, in, in that political way, he's really into it. And yet at the same time, he's also all, Oh, I don't want to get, I don't want to get all political when they, when they start talking um about with padme about peace so i'm not sure if he he real i'm not sure if he's I, I i assume he's not trying to be too pro-war because he also expresses like you know a lot of his old emo shit oh i wish i wish the war would be over i wish we could be together padme so i don't know it, just, just a, a lo- thought there's a line that ahsoka says um all i heard about is is banking regulations Almost nothing about why we're fighting in the first place. Ahsoka, to me, just mentioned one of the biggest problems, in my opinion, of the prequel trilogy. The Phantom Menace, in my opinion, is the only one of the prequels where I could, where I could tell you easily, right off the bat, what the heroes are fighting for. Hmm. Yeah. Like, what about what about Attack of the Clones, uh, for, for example? Because I think, well, let, I think well, in Revenge let's, of the Sith, it's by design. But what about Attack of the Clones? Attack of the Clones too. The 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 there's there, there's this like what I said what I said in my notes also I love this. It's convenient that the separatists keep subjugating worlds so the Jedi can free them. Nigeria, Mon Calamari, yeah. I mean I guess in that first case is actually Kiros, but anyway. Um The Separatists this is something Anakin says. The Separatists believe the Republic is corrupt, okay. But they're wrong. And we have to restore order. That's so dogmatic. That's exactly the line I was referring to. What? What? I don't follow the logic here. The Separatists, first of all, aren't wrong. The Republic is corrupt. But even if the Republic is, why do the Jedi and the Republic feel the need to fight the Republic? And to fight the Separatists? Frankly, why does either side feel the need to attack either side? 
I mean, I, I, I think... I understand why the separatists want to leave the Republic. I don't understand why, A, they want to fight the Republic, and B, the Republic has such a problem with them leaving. Okay, because I think there's a couple things. I think you bring up a good point, but first of all, obviously Palpatine, you know, he wants there no, to be a war. He needs Palpatine, it to be a war, but, but like, you know. what they think, I think the separatists think, you know, we've shown our hand, now we have to battle it out because if we try and negotiate, then when we, if we end up getting reincorporated or if we try and negotiate peacefully, you know, the Republic's still much stronger and is still probably the majority in terms of population so we still will uh we still will probably get walked all over if we get reincorporated into the republic even if we can try and you know negotiate some for some of the things that we wanted and then obviously the republic is thinking um or what i assume the republic is thinking is just two thousand systems have left however many tens of thousands of systems are joining dooku's cause that's the crawl in episode two, I believe, says something like that. You know, it really, um, it really represents a threat to to the republic. It represents a threat to their, uh, to the to their sovereignty and to their stability. Um, although you could argue that they were kind of, you could argue that even before the Clone Wars, the republic was kind of built on a. It was it, it had become a house of cards, essentially, with how much corruption there really was. The uh, separatists didn't have a mandate in leaving the republic they were doing illegal things so yeah i think from their perspective it was just illegal and illegitimate and i think even in this episode we hear one of the senators say um this is illegitimate um we don't want we can't meet with the separatists and we won't because we don't want to legitimize them so i think yeah. that definitely that, that, that's what padme says as to why they cannot meet with anyone yeah uh, from the separatists um so padme gets the bright idea of taking ahsoka with her um and using her status as a jedi to speak with her uh separatist friend separatist aligned friend uh senator mina von terry we later find out that senator von terry is rep uh, is representing the planet of onderon um and yeah uh, one of my favorite things is that is is when Ahsoka asks Padme, "You have a separatist friend." Um, yeah. and pairing that with um, when Ahsoka meets um, when Ahsoka be meets Von Terry, you're a separatist. Well, of course, dear. What were you expecting? Yeah, I love that part. That's it, that's great. It's such an interesting. The entire conversation between Lux and Ahsoka, let's leave the sexual tension by the wayside for a second. The entire conversation between them is so fascinating because, you know, as, as Ahsoka points out to Lux, she's the first Jedi that Lux has ever met. Yeah. And um and that Lux and uh Mina are the first um separatist civilians that Ahsoka has met. I mean that's pretty um, crazy. And that really when you look at it the 
Republic and the Separatists, the Republic and the Separatists aren't that different. They're made to think they are, but they really aren't that different. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's, yeah. Definitely, I think they both, yeah, they, they both, they just disagree on, they, they, they can't see eye to eye, obviously. They kind of see, they see the same problems, but they, they have the opposite ideas of, of the solutions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, it, it, it's really cool. I love, um, I, I love Mina Bonteri in this episode. Uh, it's her only episode. Yeah, it is her only episode, kind of sadly, I think. Um, yeah. Because I don't know, I, I, I kind of like, I, I like the hopefulness that they portray. And I, I think it's, it's really profound how she still wants to talk to Ahsoka and she's friendly to Ahsoka and she wants to reach out to Ahsoka and Padme even after even after what happened to her husband where her husband was killed in a republic attack you know yeah that that entire conversation about her husband being killed in a republic attack is so interesting because we're seeing the clones as villains yeah which is utterly just like it's it's really so it's we don't, such an expansive idea to see we don't, that we don't really every, oh sorry go ahead to not that to see that not everyone sees these the clones as heroic yeah and I, I think definitely and and that's something we don't really get to see again outside of uh commander fox maybe um kind of unjustly unjustly killing fives we don't really see that again until order 66 and even then it, it's you know are they really the villains like they're kind of possibly but they're they're kind of forced to to do what they do and their free will is taken away to an extent you know this might be one of my you know this might be me being selfish and wanting a continuation of the deserter i almost wish they brought rex with them yeah i mean yeah, that would have been. Just think about it. A soldier who is literally bred to fight for the Republic. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been. Might have known the clones who killed Lux's father on Argonar. Yeah, that that's honestly that that would be amazing. Or if it was like, oh my god, that was my unit. That how uh, how you're right. How crazy would that be? That would be incredible. We got it. We got to talk about. We got to talk about this. This incredible. Um, this incredible joke. One of my favorite jokes in the entire series. You're being used for a very. You you have been selected for a very special mission. Some of you may not return. Actually, none, none of, you. of you will return. But don't let that get in your way. Wow. How has this not become a bigger meme? Wow, great, mo- mo- great motivational speech. I agree. You know, way to inspire trust and loyalty in your followers. That was a a real morale booster. Jacob, but I guess Grievous fails to see the irony in any of what he said. Um, <laughs> Jacob, uh, Rogue One writers to Rogue One crew. Some of you may not survive. Actually, Actually none of you, you will survive. survive. 
Yo, you should but don't really let that make get that in your way. Bro, you gotta make that into a meme and post that everywhere. Wait, wait, that is wait, wait, that is wait, hilarious. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Um uh, Lawrence Kasdan and um John Kasdan to all every new solo character not named Kira or Enfys Nest. Some of you may not survive. Actually, none of you will survive. But don't let that get in your way. Yeah. <laughs> I could go. J.J. Abrams to all ex existing Skywalkers at, um, at the beginning of Rise of Skywalker. Some of you may not survive. Actually, none of you will survive. But don't let that get in your way. Yeah. You get my point. Um, yeah. And I mean, so you see, yeah, we, we have the, uh, the, the assembly, the cleaning droids start their infiltration. Ooh, Commander Fox. This is this is where he uh this is this is where he, he upsets me. I can't lie, this uh this gets on my nerves, man. Um Yeah, he sees them going the wrong way and he's just like, Hey, the power that's generators Fox. are that way. Yeah, that's Fox. Yeah, you see the chorus on guard logo on his chest. And he's got the commander's outfit and everything. That's definitely Fox. I know. My thoughts. Whoops. My thoughts exactly. Yeah. My thoughts exactly. But yeah, so it's Palpatine is so slyly manipulative in this. You know, he does that great Palpatine thing, his signature move of of the uh, oh man, I kind of agree with you. Pers insert person that I am going to try to assassinate later, but. I just don't know if that's possible. I'll try my best. You know, he's like, oh, man, I wish we could pass this bill to stop the war. Oh, man, I wish I didn't have to spend more money, you know? And he does that so well with the whole, um... It's the, it's the grand... The whole aftermath. Thing. Oh, I wish I didn't have to do this. Yeah. But unfortunately, the circumstances... Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it says, I love, demo he's, I love democracy. Yeah. It pains me. To do this, but I promise, um, once this war is over, all of my powers will be abated. Yeah. I love the Republic. I love democracy. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I also love, this is a fun line. So that, I want to actually ask you about that separatist, um, council meeting, which is the only one we ever get in this, in the series. Yeah. The separatist the only Senate one. meeting. Why are Padme and Ahsoka there? I feel like at least I feel like Padme would get recognized, right? Like, what? One of them's an enemy of state. No, wait, wait. Both of them are enemies of the state. They're extremely wanted, both of them. Like at this point, Ahsoka's already wrecked havoc on the Separatists in so many ways. She is, oh my gosh. Sorry. Like, so, so that was a dumb move. Um, I also love this. Um. Uh, I I also love this. Um, there's a there's a quote from one of the separatist senators. Um, unlike the Republic, corporations do not rule us. Oh I'm my like, gosh! I'm like that was look, just the like, best look, line. Look, corporations get Senate seats in the Republic, but corporations are put on the ruling council of the separatists. Yeah, I mean, look, look. I think it would be easy just to interpret this as. 
the writers trying to put some irony on the separatists. But honestly, I think this really should be interpreted just to show how much they the corporations have gotten to both the separatists and the republic. Because I think clearly, as we see, especially in these episodes, both sides think that the other is completely controlled by corporate interests and they're pure. When in reality, obviously, the separatists, the separatist alliance was started by a bunch of different corporate leaders just saying, okay, yeah, let's do this. Meanwhile, the Republic gives corporations Senate seats, and they are also very, very heavily controlled by a vested interest. You know, Camino, obviously, as we saw, the banks, you know, the, the banking clan obviously wields huge power. The Republic's in massive debt to the banking clan. And, and then even other companies like Kuat Drive Yards, for example, like you, you can just imagine that what with all the war expenses that the Republic has been racking up, someone's going to be a uh, Someone's going to be using that debt. Um, that's all I have for this episode. Yeah. Um, what did you think overall? I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was the best one of all of these. Honestly. Yeah. Same. I really liked it. I thought it was really clever. Um, the way they kind of took some digs at a uh, both the the separatists and the republic in terms of of corruption. Um, and I was kind of marred by a. Uh, I think we kind of glossed over this, but yeah, the whole Ahsoka Lux um moments where they were kind of hinting at their budding romantic tension i i don't know that part was just it's not a huge part of the episode yeah, you can ignore it's really it not so to. i could ignore it but yeah overall this was a great episode um i didn't really have any trivia um in pursuit of peace um padme bail and anaconda far um and mon mothma um, try to derail a bill that's going to be pushed through the Republic um, to purchase an additional 5 million clone troopers. Um, in the episode, many members of the Senate, um, including um, staunchly uh, against military expansion, um, members like um, Anaconda, uh, Far, and Bail Organa get attacked by thugs hired by Dooku to scare them off. Um, and the end of the day, even as Padme at, is um, getting ready to deliver what was going to be Bail Organa's speech before he got gravely injured and couldn't give the speech, um, the speech is a powerful one that Padme gives. Um, and... Uh, but... Um, and it convinces many... Um, but before it can be voted on, a tragedy stops it in its path, um, that we'll get to next episode. Um, Fortune Cookie is, um, truth can strike down the specter of fear. I think this is very true, especially for this episode. A lot of fear comes from ignorance, fear-mongering, misinformation. Um, you know, uh, obviously in your Palpatine... It's like, we need this, we need that, we need clones, we need tanks, we need ships, we need money, who knows what could happen. And I think it's kind of similar to the real world, you know, politicians using fear to uh, advance uh, their agendas, fear of the unknown. Um, and, and I think, yeah, I, I, I really like it. I think it's a good fortune cookie. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fine. Um, yeah, uh, so 
I, I wanted to address something that's in my notes, and also you mentioned um, when we were talking about last uh, the the last episode of Heroes on Both Sides, which is, um, you, you know, who makes the recommendation to purchase five a million more clone troopers? It's Senator Bertoni, literally from Camino, and no one yeah. calls BS about this. Hey guys. So you're losing this war. Maybe give us some more money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, th definitely. I think it's a bit funny how both these two episodes, yeah, they, they both begin with an opening debate. Um, and th this debate, I think, is even more heated than the last. You know, And of course, Bertoni is in there again, messing things up as she always does. Um, I really felt like the writers had had Iraq and the Bush era on their minds when they wrote this with everyone talking about like, they're not okay. If you're not with us, you're against us. You're being unpatriotic. You know, they, I think they said some version of the word patriotism uh, quite, quite a few times. One of my favorite things is after the bombing of the generator, um, Palpatine says, we have received a message from Count Dooku, but he doesn't just call him Count Dooku. What does he call Dooku? Our opponent. Our opponent, Dooku. I mean, opponent. That's an interesting word. They could have said enemy. It is interesting. It, opponent. It's almost like the war is not really a war, and it's more of a a game. It's like a game to Palpatine. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. It is. It's He's literally totally a chess just... game where Palpatine is playing himself. This is why I love the Clone Wars, because Palpatine says Dooku is our opponent. Not our enemy. Not the leader of uh, the Separatists. Our opponent. We hear from Dooku that uh, Republic uh, operatives have killed Mina Bonteri. So she's gone. Yes. Except for whoops, we find out from Bail Organa, who somehow knows this and somehow didn't tell Padme before, um, that... Uh, Dooku's thugs murdered Von Terry. Yeah. You know what I gotta wonder? What? I gotta wonder if Mina, who was so positive on Dooku last episode, I wonder if she was still convinced when the thugs attacked her of Dooku's innocence. Yeah, um... That's a good question. I think she kind of, hmm. I don't know. That, that's a good question. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I love, I love it. Hey, you attacked us. No, 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 no. You attacked us. I love this um, fascinating game of um, chicken, basically, that they're playing. So this is an interesting idea brought up mostly in this episode which is the idea that the Republic is so obsessed with the war that everything else is falling by the wayside. Palpatine's gotten them so singularly obsessed with the war that I imagine the war is what the what some senators eat, sleep, and dream um, about. They, they eat, sleep, and dream about it, yes. I yeah. very well put. Very well put. And, I agree. <laughs> and anything about peace, anything about 
anything other than the war or security. They're not hearing it. They, it's not that they're not hearing it. It's that they've been conditioned to put it to the side. For all the separatists' fault, they do see that the Republic is too, is all is almost entirely too focused on how they look versus who they are. There's that line from Yoda in um, at the end of Lair of Grievous. At the end of Lair of Grievous. In this war, a danger there is of losing who we are. And that's what often happens to many in the war. We can talk about the obvious examples, like Anakin Skywalker. But we can also talk about people, you know, like um, I mentioned, live free, don't join, who are profiteering about the war and have just no sense of self. You know, Padme tells the, uh, that one of the Maggie clan, you live on Coruscant, um, aren't you afraid too? And the moon is like, no, because I know I'm protected no matter which side wins. Yeah, I think something it, that that also was another one of those moments in these two episodes that, that made me chuckle a little bit um, in terms of showcasing, as I think these episodes really try to do, showcasing the corruption of the Republic, where you have you have this banking clan executive in this meeting openly bragging about loaning money to the separatists in front of like republic senators who are also represent who are representing a republic who's also taking money from the banking clan it's it's incredible so i want to talk about this speech at the at the very end of the episode because it's a speech man it is a speech oh it is as much as we as much as we as much as jacob and i complain about how much the Clone Wars builds up Padme and never actually has her do anything. This is one moment she finally where does something. Yeah, she really earns her keep in yeah. this uh, in this moment. My favorite part is that let's just talk about the beginning of the speech. Which, although I love the speech in general, she goes "Tekla me now," and then everyone starts muttering. Muttering. I like if I said to, if if I gave a speech, Rachel Davidson, and everyone just started muttering. I'm like, what the hell are you guys talking about? I didn't even say anything. Yeah. So, wait, so who, who is Tekla Mino in this? I'm, I was confused by it. Uh, Tekla is her aide. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That, that I mean, that's definitely a very powerful rhetorical tool. Saying, like, yeah. oh, look, real world, look at this person, real world person. Here they are. They're suffering because of, because of, uh, stuff that we've, yeah. we've done. Um, but yeah, really amazing speech. Very yeah, in inspiring. Many- yeah, you know, um, it's about who we're fighting for. It's about, you know, it's about um, how Jedi choose to win from Rebels. It's yeah. about, hmm, what else could it be about? It might be, I've, I've heard somebody talk about saving what you love instead of fighting what you hate. Um, bit familiar. Um, I don't know if you know it. Uh, <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm... Slaps car. Um, I'm very acquainted. Boy has much, so much uh, symbolism. Anyway, so as I was watching the episode, I was thinking to myself about a discussion we've had many a time on in a galaxy, which is that Palpatine's greatest threat in the prequel trilogy is Padme Amidala. We really see why right here. And then you get a line 
Isn't it remarkable that one can have all the power in the galaxy, and yet the words of a single senator can sway the thoughts of millions? I mean, he just about hits the nail on the head. That is really why he... uh. Because despite all his kind of hard power and, and his legislative clout, Padme still just has so much influence and is using that in a way that is, despite so ben- being, despite her being pretty benevolent, it's so threatening to him that he just can't abide it. Anakin's journey and the Republic's journey in the, in the prequel trilogy and prequel trilogy affiliated materials are fascinating to me. You know, they're they're basically the same thing because you see how how effective Padme is when she really works at it at convincing the minds of the Republic. You also see her effect on Anakin, um, who when he isn't viewing her as like basically a safety blanket. You can see that the only reason, one of the only reasons that Anakin didn't fall to the dark side sooner was because Padme was there. Oh my gosh, and we completely glossed over also the fact that all these senators were getting beaten up. That was pretty crazy. I mean, yeah, except for one, except for one, one uh, thing, which I think, well, this is a, a bit of a, um, a bit of a, a callback to our roots here on In a Galaxy. Um, one of these, uh, one of the assassins that was sent after the various senators was a Selkath. Yes, a species that uh, hitherto was only seen in Knights of the Old Republic, if I'm not mistaken. Indeed. So yeah, um, it's Selkath season, already, baby. Check out Star Wars in a Galaxy episode six: Law and Order Selkath <laughs> Unit. I'm so I'm so glad you came up with that title. Every time I every time I'm reminded that that title exists, I'm just I'm so I'm so happy. I'm pretty impressed with myself. Uh, not not gonna lie. Fortune cookie searching for the truth is easy. Accepting the truth is hard. Yeah, I. I mean, yes, I think they could have come up with something a little bit better, but I think what they're trying to say where it's like it, it, morally or, or kind of, I guess, in terms of inner conflict, in terms of emotion, sometimes it can be easier to try and find what you're looking for than it, than it can be to actually find it because that can be difficult. You know, you might find something as they do here. They find something that, uh, yeah, Padme finds something that she probably would rather have not um, known. I'll be, I'll, mm. Maybe that's a weird way of putting. Maybe that's a weird way of putting it. But yeah, she she definitely finds something that uh, is is pretty jarring and and heartbreaking for her. There's a sense of. There's a sense of, you know, there's that line, there's that very famous line, um, uh, Jacob, you, um, uh, you know this line as good as ever, anyone, um, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. No! What is the first thing Vader says after Luke says, screams no? Uh, 
search your feelings you know it to be search true search your feelings yeah there you go you know it to be true why was that so hard for luke what because searching for the truth is easy and accepting the truth is hard yeah that's why that line has so much weight because if luke searches feelings he would find that yeah darth vader is his father you know if if Ray searched for feeling the sequel trilogy, you're, you she would find that you're a Palpatine or something like that. The 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 list goes on with these incredible tr- truth findings that looking is easy, but dealing with it is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I. Uh, Here's some more Senator Bertoni stuff where she where she just intrudes upon a private meeting. Yeah, absolutely. That um Man, she and she is a real piece of work in it. Diplomacy failed the republic long ago. Do you realize the hypocrisy in this? I mean, there's a lot of ways in which she is uh, hypocritical. Specific, um, that specific line but but yeah remember that the first time that there was real true Kaminoan contact um with the republic was when obi-wan visited in attack of the clones and presumably the Kaminoans got a senator shortly after the events of attack of the clones that means that bertoni has been in the republic for approximately two years. Mm-hmm. Diplomacy failed the Repu- Republic long ago. And how would you know that? You haven't been here that You haven't exactly yeah. been here that long. I mean, assumably she could find a, a history book or two, but I get what you're, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. It, she, she say, she's tra- she's That's a little... speaking like she has experience when she clearly doesn't. But Senator Dietschy, uh I, I thought that was interesting. He, um... yeah. He's also a dick. He is also a dick, but um, why would he go? I don't understand why he went. He just went up to Padme and like, was he trying to threaten her? Because he just kind of showed his hand. That's all he did when he was like, was "You're unpatriotic." I honestly think it was a narrative thing. I think this episode has a lot of things I don't agree with, but I think one of the things they're doing in this episode is they don't they they don't want to be they won't don't want to have the true suspect be figured out until exactly when the characters figure it out yeah and it definitely worked so, the first so time i saw it at least so they have so they have to plant dici and bertoni as these highly believable suspects one of the things i find so weird about about senator about inspector devo is that he you know he's an asshole and i get characters being assholes in the star wars galaxy but when being an asshole in your situation directly works against the thing you're trying to accomplish, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I know what you I know what you mean. It's not the best. You know how it is with politicians. Oh, look who I'm talking to. Room full of politicians. Oh my gosh, that guy. The inspector. I can't remember his name. The inspector. Tandivo. Tandivo. Inspector Tandivo. What what is up with that guy? He is um he's interesting. I feel like going into like Jerry Seinfeld. 
What is up with Ted Devo? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's um he's simultaneously. I mean, what is up with the guy? Yeah, I mean, he's simultaneously like a grouch, but then he's also sort of just the the, na- the naive kind of bureaucrat. I also would it's like hard to, to tell where he stands. The the hilariously meta line, but I already have my theory, and I'll follow my hunch if you don't mind. Star yeah. Wars fans going into the Last Jedi, so I'll handle the inspecting, and you can stick to the the senating. Yes, and uh, well, what happens? Let's just say, let's just say they don't stick to the senating. Um, yeah, and and it really seems for a while, like the first time I watched, I really thought it was Bertoni. But they, uh, I guess they do a really good job of uh, fake it, faking us out because it's not Bertoni. It's actually uh, Lolo. Is that, is that her name? Lolo Purse. I can't remember. Yes. Lolo Purse. And she is a, a, a senator or some sort of politician. She, she's from, uh, Anno's aide. She's Anaconda's yeah. aide. So somehow Anaconda Far, because she blames him for uh, bringing bringing uh, Rhodia into the war. I think it's a little short-sighted of her, personally. Um, not not only... I thought, cause, not cause only the I, fact that, uh, yes, yeah. kids' murder is short-sighted, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really think it's justified to blame him um, of, of what little we've seen also, of him so far. She seems like she went crazy, honestly. Yeah, because, like, Anaconda Far literally turned in Padme to the Separatists to try and keep Rhodia neutral. I don't think he's the one to blame for Rhodia getting involved in the war. Maybe that. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's and, just and, me. And and what and what everyone else recognizes is that Anaconda made a mistake, and he made a mistake not just because of himself, but because the Republic wasn't showing ample attention that was needed for Rhodia. Yeah. Same same as they were for many planets. And I yeah. think that again, that's it, it's not. It, the the thing that happened in in Bombad Jedi wasn't inherently on Akanda Far's part, but it does show how nobody's actions are pure black and white. You know that like you know Luke destroys the Death Star and kills millions of people. Yeah. But like like you know the Death Star was gonna destroy the Rebel base and also kill like millions of people. Yeah. And also, it would indirectly kill more people because the rebel the rebellion wouldn't be able to help stop the empire. So you know, yeah. They're, they're, I mean, but, but he yeah. still killed people. Yeah, he still killed people. What is your ranking? These three episodes. Mm, I think um, my ranking exactly mirrors uh, how much time we spent talking about each episode. Um, I think, obviously, my favorite episode is going to have to be Heroes on Both Sides. Love that one. Then uh, pursuit of peace, and then finally Senate murders. I don't even think Senate murders was bad. I thought it was a pretty good episode, but I just thought the others were uh, were were that much better. So overall, a really good same, batch. I have the exact same thoughts as you. I wasn't as positive as about Senate murders as you were. Yeah, um, you did, it didn't just, didn't do it for you. It it just seemed a bit like the entire episode seemed a little bit goofy, honestly. Um, yeah, I can see that to that, be honest. But that's fine, you know. There, there. We're getting into some good episodes. We're getting into some interesting episodes. Um, yeah, we really are. I think. I, I think it's time. I think it's time for everyone's favorite part: the Star Wars in the galaxy. 
What you've taught me today is worth one quarter portion. All right. One quarter portion. And today... We have one of our favorite segments, the one quarter portion. And that is the beloved Six Degrees of Star Wars. Where we have to connect two Star Wars characters within six degrees of interaction. You love it. We love it. Let's get to Let's it. Do this thing. All right, do you want do you want to go first or should I? Um, you go first with your first one. All right. You know, I wanted to make this one a little bit more um, a little bit more relevant to uh, what's happening right now in Star Wars. So, could you connect in six steps or less for me, please, Eli? Grogu and Omega. 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 <laughs> I'm Omega. I'm Omega. Everyone, everyone says every everyone everyone says Omega except for her. I'm Omega. <laughs> My favorite part is, is is Hunter, Tick, Ricka. Ricka. She's so adorable. Crosshair. So Crosshair. Crosshair. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm missing one. Echo. 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 Uh, I don't. I don't really. Echo. I don't um, know. Grogu. Grogu and Omega. Echo. Yeah. Grogu. Luke Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker. Hunter. Omega. Done. Hunter, Anakin Skywalker. Hunter. Omega. Yeah. Nice. Or nicely if, done. Or if we want to be. Or if we want to be like really weird, let's talk about two freedom fighters who were initially thought of to be the bad guys in their respective arcs, but are actually the good guys. Ooh, all right. Enfys Nest mm. and Chrismo Sodi. Can you remind me of Chrismo Sodi as again? I don't recognize that name off the top of my head. Um, well, let's talk about the incredible season four Star Wars The Clone Wars episode, Bounty, mm. um, in which uh, Asajj Ventress teams up with a bunch of bounty hunters um, on the planet of Quartzite mm. to um, to transfer um, precious cargo on a train. All right, I know who Chrismo Sodi is now. Okay, you know Chrismo Sodi you know. with Enfys Nest. Oh, okay, I got this. Oh, I got this. Okay, Chrismo Sodi, Asajj Ventress, Moba Fett. Wait, you could cut a step. Chrismo Sodi, Boba Fett. There we go. Yeah, Chrismo Sodi, Boba Fett. What's on the other end? Who, who am I going to again? Sorry, I just missed. Boba Fett, you, Han Solo, and yeah. Fisness. There we go. There we go. I, yeah. I mentally connected in my head. I'm like, oh, Man, shit. I've, I got to rewatch Solo. I haven't watched Solo in ages. You see that ship over there? I got about 20 armed the goons in there. 30 iron guns. 30 iron guns. You're surrounded. Bro, I still, okay, I still just, can't believe that the same person who gave us. The same person who gave us Troy and Community and Childish Gambino also gave us Young Lando. Buckle Donald up, Lover. Dude. That's incredible. All right. My number two. Here we go. Could you connect for me, please? Two big bad bounty hunters, Cad Bane and Ochi of Bastoon. Well, Ochi's not a bounty he's hunter. He's not? He's, he's a Sith hunter. Oh, I, oh he's, I, an I he's like an assassin. I look, I mean, look, connecting look. somebody I I love so much to somebody I hate so much. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah, that's like the two, the two. Okay, look, that's the two extremes. But in my defense, in Star Wars, bounty hunters are often 
pretty much indistinguishable from assassins. Yeah, but like here's yeah. the, here's the, here's the only difference before I connect them. Cad Bane has no allegiance. Ochi has a clear allegiance. Okay, yeah, that's true. That's fair. Ochi, Palpatine, Cad Bane. <laughs> oh man, I forgot about the Palpatine link. Oh. <laughs> To Man. both of them, because yeah, I know. Sidious talked over <laughs> yeah. the hologram. Yeah, yeah. Or, or even if we want to do this with actual meeting in person, Crisis on Naboo. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so it, 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 yeah, it works either way. It works either way. To quote a very famous um, Star Wars quote, somehow Palpatine returned. Okay, here we go. Let's talk about a, uh, let's talk about an Imperial um, higher up. And a first order slash final order higher up. All right. Orson Krennic. Orson Krennic. Enric Pride. Pride and Krennic. Admiral Pride. Wait. Pride, oh my Pride, god. Pride, Pride, Pride. So wait. Admiral Pride. Okay, oh can you god. remind me? I can't. Oh my gosh. I'm totally blanking on who Pride is right now. First Order, sequel trilogy, which movie? Rise, Rise, Rise. Rise of Skywalker. Um, I just realized. I, is, he the dude who, is he the dude who shoots Hux? Yes. Okay, okay, perfect. I just realized okay. something. Pride. I, um, I'm going to tell you one thing. You can connect, connect this also in one step. Uh-oh. Um, well, I'll, 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 I'll figure it out because I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what you're... Uh, did he talk to? I don't. I don't think he talked to Palpatine though. If that's what you're, if that's what you're getting at. He did. Okay. Princess of Alderaan has disrupted my plans. Okay. 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 It's Palpatine Pride. all over again. Oh my gosh. Oh Palpatine. Pride. Palpatine. <laughs> Vader. Krennic. Or you could go no, probably Krennic. Pride, directly. Palpatine, On screen though. I I wasn't uh, sure actually, so I just I I put Vader just in case. So I looked it up. Okay. Let me show you what I found. Thrawn meets Krennic, Tarkin, and Emperor Palpatine in a new excerpt from Thrawn Treason. Man! Man, I read Thrawn Treason! What's the matter I with me? I did too. I oh, did too. I forgot, man. I, 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 I honestly haven't read Thrawn Treason since it, since it immediately released. So it's, uh, it's been a while. And, uh, you know, at a certain point, um, there's, on, there's, only so much Star Wars my, there's only so much Star Wars my noggin uh. can handle at once, you know? That's going to be it for this episode of Star Wars and Galaxy Watch and all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. Um, if you enjoy listening, you can subscribe to us on Spotify and Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and Anchor and everywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'll be there. If we're not, let us know. Um, follow us on Twitter at IndieGalaxyPod, Instagram at Star Wars in a Galaxy. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube. Star Wars in a Galaxy on YouTube. Um, email us, swinagalaxy at gmail.com. Please do that. We're looking for questions and trivia and hot takes for episode 50 of Star Wars in a Galaxy next week. Um, speaking of that 50, um, Nifty 50, that episode is going to be three really weird and innovative episodes of The Clone Wars. We are talking Night Sisters, Monster, and Witches of the Mist. Which are going to be three crazy, crazy episodes. Um, yeah. In the meantime, I guess all there is left to say 
May the force be with you. Always.